This is Remote Ruby. Have you any remote ideas to the meaning of the word? So, I was going to say, I almost said it before you said anything. I was like, it's going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? And yeah. now we know. Just started out spicy. We're going to have to bleep that. It's been that. spicy. It's like, it, has, it has to be bleeped because that would be like such an offensive way to start the episode. Everyone would just... But no one knows what you said, so... They would take their MP3 player out, throw it out the window. Take their beep and throw it out the beep. <laughs> I used to have a Walkman. Is that the thing that Did plays you? CDs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason, why are you laughing? You weren't there for the Walkman that had cassette tapes, did it? were you? <laughs> no. I know what cassettes are. Those were, Do you like, know what AM like radio is? Yeah, that's where you listen to like the baseball reporters while you're in the stadium. No music. That's where the Grand Canyon National Park stations on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a spicy week, though. I guess so. It's, it's been crazy. First off, now, what's with your abstinence from Twitter? From all social media? Well, I don't have any other social media, so I don't know. I've just been, I've just not been. Yeah, why aren't that. you on MySpace anymore? Yeah. <laughs> My parents would never let me be on MySpace. How come? I also, that checks out. MySpace was kind of dead by the time I was of the age to get any of Facebook was all the rage. They wouldn't let me get that either. Yeah, that was actually a good thing, though. I ended up getting a Facebook like two or three years later. I deleted it. Do you have an Instagram? Facebook. I used to have an Instagram. I deleted you have a that TikTok? too. TikTok? No. Do you have... So you're just not on Twitter? I'm Threads? On... No. X? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like there's things that I need to do and I kind of just want to like be alone. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. There's Fine. like a mountain of responsibility piling up on me. So I just stopped opening anything that could possibly have a reminder of that responsibility. Okay. There we go. There it is. Ah, I see it. Yeah. That's okay. why I don't finally, get on the computer anymore. We finally got to the, the crux of it. It started off as like, oh, I don't get on it because I have so many things to do that like I won't get on Twitter and get distracted. But actually, it turns out you don't want to get on there because they remind you of the things that you need to do that you're not doing. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like there's going to turn around soon. Whoa. Yeah, finally. That changed within like three hours. It did. And so has my mood. Oh, but we'll find out next week. Sweet Andrew. Sweet Andrew got what he yeah. needed. I'm a tortured soul. Tortured. Yeah. You poor thing. I know how you feel about that. I know how you feel about me feeling about that. I was on a call with Andrew earlier and no less than five times did he bring up a topic and be like, Jason, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> you did know how I feel about that. And you know how I feel about this because we talked about how I feel about this. <laughs> I can't help that I'm in tune with my feelings. Well, now that you got your Twitter pills back. I'll get back to shit posting. Don't you worry. I'll be back. I'll be back real soon. Monday might be the resurgence. You missed a hell of a week. Dude, I missed a hell of a month. <laughs> no kidding. What's been happening over there? I heard something about TypeScript, but I didn't look into it no, because no. I didn't care. I it seems like wrong. most people commenting on it also didn't look into it. That was part of, the, part of the joy of so, toxic tech back- Twitter. I need backstory. We're not using CoffeeScript anymore. And that I heard about upset that. the internet. It upset me. Yeah. I never wrote a line of CoffeeScript. It was already dead by the time I started writing code. So is TypeScript. DHH. Oh, no. DHH declared it dead this week. Oh, they declared <laughs> it dead like months ago. Didn't Rich Harris give like a talk about Svelte and we all agreed that JS Doc was better? Yeah. I miss all that, but... No, you didn't because we did. had an episode about it. I must have <laughs> been there. 
Well, someone on this podcast and I talked about JFC. Chris and I definitely talked about it for a while. Because I, I remember we even... talked about it once because I didn't know what it was or something. Like I'd never I right, heard right the happened. words, but I had never used it or anything. Still haven't I, though. I learned about it this week when Marco recommended it when TypeScript was yanked yeah. out of Turbo. I told you about it, Jason. I don't. He doesn't listen to you. Oh, wait. Is this the thing? Yes, this is the thing. thing. Yeah, when we were pairing. Yeah. Yes. You were like, this is why I do this. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, where I told you about all the optional type hinting and I showed you and I was like, isn't this cool? I was like, what if we use this more? And you were like, I'll take that into consideration. Well, now I I know. Definitely not say that. (laughs) (laughs) Said it in my head. Yeah. I probably said, oh, that's cool. And you thought we're about to use this. No, I've actually been colluding behind your back to use this with one of our other coworkers. Which one? Diogo. Oh, if Diogo recommends it, I'm in. But not if I recommend it. I hope everyone it, heard the subtext of that very loud. There's no subtext. I'll explicitly say. <laughs> that, okay. That if Diogo <laughs> recommends valued. something with JavaScript. That's why I don't go on social media anymore. I've been tagging you like every day. Oh, so if I open my app, there's going to be some mention. I can't wait. It'll be like There's a, a good surprise for whenever There's I open. a picture. Oh, really? That's just, yeah. I'll have to check it out one day. Do you really not know what all went on? All I know is that one day I logged into Slack and someone posted a link, but I think we should explain it. That's why I said for people who don't know, who aren't criminally online. And I want you to explain it for us. <laughs> you may explain it. Okay. <laughs> I'll explain it in WWE terms. I actually yeah. should have given another sport. I can't do that. I've been um, watching the Monday Night Wars, like the history of WCW, WWE. Fantastic. I was a WCW kid. All I know is that one day I woke up and someone posted a link in Slack and it was linked to a PR from DHH on the Turbo repo, I think, or some on the seamless repo, one of those two. Yep. Turbo. And it was removing all TypeScript and it didn't have any comments. And it was yeah, no, no PR description, description at all. Yeah. But I read through the code real quick and I was like, yeah. And then I went about with my life. And that was the last I heard about it. That's basically all that happened. I've heard rumblings. So they removed TypeScript. And I actually, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't really care about I actually TypeScript care or not. Fact. Okay. I don't care about the language itself. Marco Roth commented, who is someone I care about. And was saying this, I, you know, voting, like, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea. Like, there's a lot of implicit documentation that comes from some of these types. Somebody left a code review and kind of brought that up because one of the, like, the names was called just HTML element. But if you look at the type, it was HTML body element. Those are two very different things. One is a body. One can be any sort of HTML element. And then Adrian Polly commented with a similar message. And then between like two hours of the PR being opened, DHH merged it. So. Wow. so I knew when I read it that it was going to have a lot of downstream effect. And I cared about that because I knew what people were going to lose once that PR went out. I thought he might replace it with JS Docs or something. But personally, I think library code like that is where you should use TypeScript. Uh, I think that was and like application code is not. I think that was the argument, the point from Marco and Adrian. Yeah, I um, agree. And then somebody else commented, this is going to cause a lot of outstanding PRs to become oh yeah, completely like, just broken. But it's already done, is what you just said to me. It's done. 
But that was like, okay, that's the situation, right? But that's not where it ends. Yeah. Then DHH wrote a blog post about removing oh. TypeScript. See, it, that, I don't know about this. Okay. Wrote a blog post about removing TypeScript from Turbo into which people just from everywhere got involved. Like coming to the well, PR, yeah, just like 100%. spamming it. Yeah. Can't go to the TypeScript community like that. They fight back. It, I could have told you that was going to happen. There's going to be flame on from them about this. Unlike anything I've seen in a long time in terms of like people spamming a repo and stuff, it mm-hmm. was... Oh, so they're like attacking the repo? Nice. Yeah, like okay, pull not, requests. Not nice, but... I don't know Theo. I don't know Twitter yeah. handle. Theo T3.gg or whatever. Yeah, opened a PR, adding gamer. TypeScript back and like but sent a bunch like of people there. Copied... Was it him that had copied DHH's blog post blog and then posts. just made it super sarcastic in reverse? And it's funny because like he had posted something about not being toxic or something on Twitter, and yet he was the one doing a lot of this. That's and there was all these say. people that like commented, looks good to me on his PR. It just went wild real fast. And it's like all these people who don't use Rails, they don't use Turbo. They don't. Nah, they're type scrippers, bro. Some didn't even know what Turbo was. They're like, oh, this is a library. Scrippers. Yeah, they and they strongly about that. They just think you have to use TypeScript or whatever in yeah. any project. And most of the comments were like pretty clueless about like, you can still use this with JavaScript. Like TypeScript compiles down to JavaScript. So it doesn't break anything and whatever. But it's like, it got that's, out of hand so fast and it was so toxic and like crazy, but the delivery on it was pretty abrupt and stuff, which made it easy for them to take pretty harsh stance on and stuff. And it just like brings out the worst in the community. It's crazy to see that stuff. Yeah. The unfortunate thing like it. is it pretty much ended any like, not that there would be conversation, but it ended any like real conversation about the change. And just made it, it just basically that shut everything down. It was wild. It was indeed. And I mean, it's one of those things where like, we're used to Ruby where we haven't had types. So writing JavaScript is not a whole lot different or whatever. And I was trying to make a PR to stimulus and trying to learn all the like blessing stuff in TypeScript that was quite hard for me to wrap my head around. For the first time I was looking at it and I just gave up on it at a certain point because I was like, spent quite a few hours trying to wrap my head around and feel like I sort of know it better, but not enough to like make a good PR. So I get it. I understand the reasoning for doing that, but it's also like one of those things where I feel like there should be discussion with the maintainers and stuff. It's obviously... yeah. He owns the repository and whatever, but if you're going to have third-party maintainers, you need to keep them in the loop on things that are happening. And it, it seems like a lot of stuff, kind of like tricks and stimulus and turbo and all of that kind of work or worked on behind closed doors and then just like periodically published. And it's not like openly maintained by other people like Rails is. And I think that's the issue most people have with the JavaScript stuff right now in Rails because it's worked on Turbo 8. It's worked on in secret. We're not sure what is coming. There's no draft PRs or anything. And then we, we know it's leaving. A, yeah. And then you get hit with a PR like this that changes every single file in the whole repo. And it's like, oh, wish we all knew that was coming. 
it's one of those things that I feel like certainly could have been handled better. I think it'll be easier for me to contribute in vanilla JavaScript, but at the same time, it's like, it feels like one of the biggest weaknesses in the Rails community right now, where like these are shipped as core features of the Rails framework, but they're not getting maintained the same way that the Rails framework is itself. And if we can get that more in line, so we've got more maintainers, more regular updates and releases and things, then that would be a a huge win for us because it feels like quite a battle right now. When you said the thing about maintaining, like I said, I didn't see what happened on Twitter. I didn't see what happened in that PR and I didn't read DHH's blog post. And if you're asking, I'm doing pretty well. Good. I actually, I feel pretty good about this decision. I don't feel stressed. I don't feel worried. I'm not bothered by anything. We weren't right. asking. I know. I know. I just wanted to tell you. So I feel yeah. it's very important to me that you, I feel. Yeah. Paul's going to edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> to its credit, it will make the ability to, like, if you think about the people who are most likely to work on those libraries, as in Rails developers, and the majority of Rails developers are not writing TypeScript. And you, as a very senior Rails programmer, like, yeah, I would have contributed to stimulus, but I couldn't figure out my way around the TypeScript. So there is like an underlying benefit here that it will be possibly easier to contribute. It'll be easier for other people to review as well. Mm. And that's where I kind of go back. I don't have a preference if it uses TypeScript or not, because I don't work on Turbo. And so that's why I do empathize with Marco, because like, who is a maintainer stating that and then not even really getting a chance for discussion and then especially not getting one after the dog piling came on. Yeah. And that's unfortunate that happened, right? Because the people who have to clean that up aren't the ones that probably made the mess. But I think the JS dog, I don't know what will happen again. I'm not going to contribute to turbo probably. So it probably doesn't affect me. I'm just a user of it, but I think the JS dog, compromise is interesting too if that would help i think they can be exported somehow i can't really remember how all that works but the only thing problem with this is like we do lose in our application code if we were taking advantage of something like that and i have dived into the typescript of turbo to specifically find like the type of element so that is an unfortunate loss that we are going to have to take but like you just said i'm not contributing to turbo you're not contributing to turbo so yeah it just leaves chris <laughs> i mean it hasn't hit stimulus yet, but it will. I have a feeling it will. It will. And yeah, it'll be interesting. I feel like, frankly, it doesn't matter what you write it in as long as the maintainers are happy with it. But it's also like clear split between the people at Basecamp or 37 Signals who are working on it separately from the open source maintainers like Sean Doyle and Marco the big contributors there that have been third parties, that really sucks for them to be like, Hey, we feel like we're a part of something and contributing to it. And then like, Oh, just got the whole rug pulled out from under us. That I feel is very unfortunate and shouldn't happen and shouldn't be encouraged or anything like that. But it is a weird state where these projects are like technically open source, but they're not treated like, an open source project like you would expect. They are just, hey, here's some code we've written for ourselves internally, and you guys can all check it out, but we're going to do what we want to do with it, which may or may not align with what you want to do. And yet their marketing for Turbo and Hotwire and all that is like, hey, here's a new framework. And it's like, yeah, but you're not acting like it's a framework. You're not treating it like a proper open source project. So I hope that changes. That's the real gist of it. 
the whole like toxicity that we saw was like really, really bad. Is one of those where I'm like, oh, good. I'll stay further away from TypeScript if this is the type of community around it. That's why I like Rails. Rails has some really wonderful people. And I want to keep it that way and not encourage that toxicity in our community because, good Lord, it was some nasty stuff. I just want to call it two things. That Number one, that community is probably bigger at this point because I'm including part of the JavaScript community in that as well. So There's no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, probably. And by factor of that, you have a lot more people and a lot more opportunity for people like that to exist unconfronted. But I have seen my fair share of toxicity in the Rails community. So yeah. I'm sure that I mean, some of those comments in there sure. were not coming from just them. So I think everyone yeah. needs to work a little bit on that. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. I don't want to dwell on all this too much but what could have gone completely under the radar and just been like communicated but to make a pr with zero description and this was like a blog post it's a power move dude yeah and then i couldn't quite tell if it was like prep for their once announcement that they did the same day did you guys see that they're selling like, like that. selling like applications that you buy one time i don't know maybe they're bringing back they were, winrar or something i thought they were taking on ibm I didn't really read that either. Now I just thought they were going to be selling server racks that I could like install in my house. They're going to be selling like one-time purchase software and you get the full oh, source code and stuff for I it. they were selling um, hardware. So it's interesting. I understand. What, I hard, not, what hardware do you think they were going to sell? I thought they were literally selling you a starter pack to build your own server, like to run your business on. Like framework, but for yeah, servers? No, I'm talking about like literally the racks and like the actual I mean, they're, they're really taking the cloud exit seriously yeah, and no, that's, like, we started that's, that's we started exactly stamping screws. our own steel making yeah. screws we bought a metal lathe so we could start making screws that's literally exactly what i thought i literally thought they were like hey we built our own servers so now we're going to give you the pieces to build yours <laughs> well apparently i need to reread whatever i read because it wasn't obviously yeah cool good to know the gallon plastic bag of resistors and a soldering iron you can get that for a hundred bucks just a big ass instruction. No, they're going to be selling software with the source code and everything included. So it's like basically trying, which is somebody on Twitter was like, Oh, this is funny. The company Basecamp who brought SAS into the mainstream is now like going the opposite direction and saying like, Hey, by now you could have owned that software and uh, we're going to sell it one time. So I'm curious to see what they do with it. It'll be really interesting to see. No, it's like selling software, like buying. Well, before your time, there was a time oh. where Adobe Photoshop costs like seventeen hundred dollars. I know and people I got just fired it. So I, that's exactly what I got. Photoshop. Exactly. So Tom. they're trying to like bring it back that way, like on-prem run software on-prem. Who knows what's going to come out of that? It sounds like it'll come out before the end of the year. It's just a teaser right now, but. Reminded me that was it watch some video yesterday that Rockstar, who makes like Grand Theft Auto and stuff, has published their Steam games, the old games on Steam now. And the old games used to have the protection to make sure that like your Max Payne CD-ROM was in the drive. And you could download the cracks that were like, oh, we'll patch out that code so it like just trust the CD-ROM is in there. Apparently, they've been shipping that with their own 
actual games on Steam. Like, they don't have the source code or something or the time to go like recompile their old executables. They're just using like Razer 1911 cracks of the executables and shipping that on Steam. I was like, this is wild. Selling the cracked version of their own yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely nuts. Amazing. Well, I mean, if Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to cost $160, then... I saw that. Yeah, but I think that's a little overinflated. I think what that it really means the, is like, that there's going to be a level of the game that you... But there's always been that. Like, there's always been, like, the way you could, like... Yeah, like Diablo the 4 game. had the $100 yeah. version and Yeah, stuff. yeah. And, yeah. like, the original GTA 5, like, you could get, like, a hat. Like, there was, like, special editions of the game you could buy. Yeah, yeah. there's always been those with the collector's editions, and you get, like... The Grand Theft Auto duffel bag or whatever, that one, yeah. Did you know that the number one reason startups fail is that they run out of money? There are so many ways for startups to lose money, but downtime shouldn't be one. Recent studies found that downtime can cost $427 per minute for small businesses and up to $9,000 per minute for medium-sized businesses. That's every single minute. But a monthly subscription with Honey Badger helps you prevent costly downtime by giving you all the monitoring you need in one easy-to-use platform so you can quickly understand what's going on and how to fix it, which, my friend, helps you stay in business. And best of all, Honey Badger is free for small teams, and setup takes as little as five minutes. Get started today at HoneyBadger.io. Again, that's www.honeybadger.io. This time in the 6-1, only holding one. What a wild week. What was it? Yesterday? I know uh, Jason knows about this, but yesterday morning, Brooke texted me and she's like, Hey, the sheriff is at the front door for you. And I was like... What? Run. <laughs> you see me taking four. I'd be like, Forrest Gump. And I was like, he must have found out that I've been not using TypeScript. So here yes. we have to go off to jail. TypeScript. But, yeah, what a wild morning, too. Somebody screwed up the house address at our old house or something. And so the sheriff got like something from the courts, some petition that they need to go back and like change our old deed to have a different address or something. And I'm like, you guys can burn the old house down for all I care. I don't live there anymore. Like that's what whatever. Andrew said when he left. Oh Carolina. come on, <laughs> come on! Ouch. Yeah, you're right. Let's go up against the wall. Move. I had two detectives show up at my door not long ago. What were you wanted for this time? They were looking for someone else. <laughs> Some, someone Some, named Andrew Mason and you're someone, like I have no idea who that no, is my name is Michael so. but Jason Chorns you might want to talk to Yeah, I don't know what they wanted and I was like what could they be here for I started I think, running through like a mental list of every like crime I've ever committed since a child yeah I mean that's I that probably the for a long time. I was going to say like since we have all these run-ins with the police we should probably just start our true crime podcast and have Paul edit that for us as well well we have to have a true crime broadcast but while we play GTA 6 so mm. we will commit crime in GTA 6 crime. and then have yeah. a podcast about it <laughs> it's just like lots and lots of speeding and running over pedestrians and stuff yeah I'm a demon in GTA I'm sure Jason knew that you know what I mean Jason 
Yeah. Yeah, I know how you feel about that. Thank you. <laughs> what other crimes have we all committed this week? <laughs> well, I've been writing this turned into types. a confession confession yeah, episode. Confession hour. I've been writing a lot of TypeScript. I mean not TypeScript. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, stay Jason, on people's good side. So you know I've converted Podia to TypeScript on the same day. It was force push. Yeah, I force pushed it to main without lease. So there's no going back. I've been writing a lot of React, so that's been kind of fun, I guess. But that's what I've been doing. And now I got to upgrade my database. What so crimes have you now. committed in React? It's not that bad. I'm on a roll right now, actually. Somehow, some way, knocking out projects. We're just making some changes to our some of our stuff that we rolled out recently, and some of it's in React. And I've been writing Reacts for the first time in several years, but it's not bad. Is your favorite thing ever? The first time. That's not my favorite thing ever. It's not my I mean, least favorite thing ever either. Is that what you want to put out on Twitter or what's Twitter? You mean the website formerly known as Twitter? <laughs> According to every journalist in the world right now. Yeah, yeah. Really. You know what? I don't like how on Twitter you can go to twitter.com, but when you try to share a link on the mobile app, it's from x.com and then Twitter previews don't work anyway. It's quality software, probably written in TypeScript. No comment. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I've been reacting. This morning, I was reading through some API docs that said the deprecated attribute or field was deprecated, and it was replaced with the deprecation field. And I was like, well, this is the weirdest thing I've ever read. I ran into those weird... I thought that active model dirt. Okay. I'm going to sound dumb. I'm going to say it anyway because I don't care. Now I'm committed. I was trying to use the active model dirty API because I know what a fan Jason is of it and I want him to be proud of me. So I was trying to use the active model dirty API to limit an extra request only when run a request only when a certain value had been changed. And so I'm trying for like 30 minutes over and over. I'm like, I don't understand why it says the object hasn't changed running like name previously changed. I'm just running name change. It's like, it doesn't have any changes. It just hasn't changed. This doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Is it the decorator? And I tried this for a long time. Tried it, came back to it twice. And then I learned that I actually needed to use previously changed. That's what it it, persisted to change. It had already persisted the change. And in my mind, I thought that meant the change that happened before. I don't know what I thought it meant, but that's what I learned today. Yeah. I don't remember what version rails that was added in but i remember like before that existed and you only had i think maybe it lost everything after you saved or something and we had lots of temporary variables that were like here let's quickly cache the old value before we do that we change it and stuff yeah so i'm glad we have it but it is tripped up probably everyone 95 times so don't feel bad because i know that I've done the same thing many, many times. It just didn't make sense to me because it, it was like it happened and made more sense once I realized like, oh, it's talking about the object itself has changed, like the object in memory, I guess. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to have like a little debug flag on that where it's like, yo, just so you know, like this stuff has changed and we've persisted it or whatever. That would maybe be slow or something, so... It works well once you know it, but you have to learn it and then like go through that trouble and then you'll never forget it. So you're probably fixed now for at least a while until you... I'm not if you, fixed. If you, you can't you like, fix me, Chris. 
if you don't touch this for six months, you'll be fully reset back to your knowledge beforehand. Yeah, I feel like I will just because it felt not embarrassing, but almost embarrassing to the point where I was like, how did I? I don't know. It I, seems I like basic Rails skills you should have. And then you're like, yeah, exactly. well, I can't find a freaking value. Like what? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I can't figure out if like, I know I know how to write Rails. I know I know how to write JavaScript with types. I do. It's fun. Everyone should do it. <laughs> Start a trend. Just taking sides now. I am taking sides. Yeah, I want to see someone convert all of Rails to Sorbet and then watch it just get the PR treatment and just remove the all PR types. Treatment. Just boom. No more, no more types. No more types. It would be a really interesting experiment to watch someone try to do that. I bet you would learn so much about Rails doing that. It would be crazy. Probably. There's an interesting thing where I don't know. But I can imagine how much insane stuff people have done in their Rails right. apps to work around some crazy things and make a, a fake object that responds to all the proper things. So it can be like shoved through as a pretend relation or something like that. So I bet you like trying to type that stuff out would probably break a ton of people's apps if they actually executed their code against the types there. But it would also be definitely, I bet pointing out a whole bunch of things that are like, oh, this is not quite as clear as it could be or something. Like we maybe don't have as consistent of an interface as we should. Yeah, I bet it does help quite a bit in that. But that's also partially one of the things where some of the arguments on using types were like, what do you do when there's 10,000 developers working on this project? And like, yeah, Rails is a project with tons and tons of contributors. But types in a project where Turbo has like five core contributors or something is like, whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's also not that much code. So types are a lot lesser value there, but also looking into stimulus and seeing how the like metaprogramming magic works in there for the values APIs and outlets and targets and all that cool stuff. There's a lot in there and that's way more complicated than you might be used to if you're just writing non-metaprogramming in JavaScript. It's wild. So I can see why that could be pretty useful to keep track of that stuff. Yeah. If I'm in a really complicated area of code that I need to understand quickly, the first thing I do is I will go through the methods and add like yard docs to the top of them with like the param types. And that can give you such a clear picture of like how data is being passed Oh my God. That would give you such a clear picture to how data is being passed <laughs> around the application. Jason, yeah. it is Tarns. What the hell? <laughs> boring. He said, boring. I'm sorry. So I'll never say boring. Yeah. This will be a silent podcast from now on. This is our moment of silence for TypeScript. Press F to pay respects. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Sorry. I can't stop talking. <laughs> Peacock. So that's why we have a podcast, right? Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. Jason, what have you been doing? I have been trying to speed up sending notification emails. Types could probably help. Types could help. Yeah. That would solve all my problems. From the sounds of it this week. When you have a community on Podia, you can have members of that community. And those are two different types of people. You have like members and then you have the people who like own the community. 
And when you click things like try to do a profile or click manage notifications, those go to different places depending on what user you are. And so I want to batch send emails. I want to send them in batches to our email sending service. But in order to do that, I first had to make all those URLs be dynamic. So I had to implement substitutions, substitution data based on what type the recipient is. And then once I did that, I had to rework a mailer to send to 500 people at a time through our service. So is that the batch maximum or whatever? Because otherwise, SMTP is the slow way to send emails because that's one at a time and all the headers and everything. And luckily, you can do the template and API version with probably most email services these days. Yeah, we have a custom delivery service built for SmartPost to use. We have like a entire infrastructure built around Action Mailer. And so had to do a little bit of surgery to make it work. So yeah, it's working, I think. By it's working, I mean it's sitting in a PR ready to work. So yeah. boring. It is boring. That's why I didn't bring it up. But yes, we was working on. But we talked about this a little bit last week too. Last week was so a different projects. I didn't well, listen to you guys last week. Oh, we know. We know. Yeah. We do now. I mean, it was so boring. We know. A little <laughs> message for you in there. Yeah. <laughs> we we know you didn't listen to it, Chris. <laughs> I wondered. Yeah. But I didn't wonder that hard. Um, the episode I, title is actually what you were supposed to tell us if you had listened to the episode. <laughs> Busted. Buried the lead in there. Yeah. Mm. So again, I'm happy you didn't find out. <laughs> We'll see. I've been so busy trying to do, we got this fun little thing for Rails World that we're working on that will be a surprise, but I got to start working on my Rails World talk now because I can't believe it's less than a month away already. Wild. Have you booked your ticket yet? Yes. Yes. I don't believe. I wish y'all would stop giving my man such a hard time. Dad took care of me over the weekend. (laughs) That's wild. Unbelievable. God, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Something that I forget when we paired, but John Nunemaker and I were chatting. He was telling me how like feature flags could be used for like an admin, admin access in your applications. Effectively, it's just like, yeah, this user has access to that. Almost the same thing as giving them a role or whatever. And he was like explaining trying to Feature flags you can use for way more. They, they're almost the same thing as a role in a way. You don't want to necessarily roll out admin access to 10% of users or anything right. like that, but it's almost the same thing. And I was like, whoa, that totally makes sense. And I've just like thought of them as very separate things, but they're like almost the exact same thing. It's just a toggle that you check. But I thought that was a pretty interesting. Like- you're then relying on Redis instead of your database. Well, I mean, it depends on Flipper has an active record. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, because I actually, when Chris tweeted that, don't they? Yeah, when Chris tweeted that, actually, that was my first thought. It was like, I wouldn't want to rely on Redis for that. But that's yeah, like, we, we use Redis with Flipper at Podia, but they have an active record one, which would make that scary. Yeah. The reason I guess for Connect why I said that is because at some point, if you have all these flipper calls and you're only relying on Redis, you can wind up in a situation where you're making way too many calls to Redis. Yeah. In there. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we have any experience or that. 
<laughs> they don't belong in your routes file. I know that. <laughs> I didn't add that. Whoa, no judgment zone. Maybe I didn't. Because then you're like, oh, is the feature flag of admin on? Then we'll respond to the admin route. Yeah. Not a wise move. No, not if you're using Redis. Yeah. Nate Berkebeck posted about that too. I forget what exactly he tweeted, but he was talking about that, like the performance of that. And a lot of that is like the latency of going to your Redis server. Redis itself is like super duper fast, but if it's on your same machine, it's not a problem. If you're doing the network latency in between, then yeah, it can definitely become a problem. And it's kind of the same thing as talking to your database. It's like, your database can be fast, but if it's on another server, you just by default add a few milliseconds to every single request. And so it adds up pretty fast, especially when your target's like 200 milliseconds or less right. to build a request. Like that's not easy in a lot of cases. We were joking about the feature flags and like technically, if you think about it, then being logged in is just a feature flag. <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> Actually, you know what? <laughs> right? I don't know. It's just a flag stored that. in your session cookie. I mean, I've. It really is because it's just your ID. Yeah. <laughs> I think Flipper is an app of gem I can't live without or some type of feature flagging library because it's so helpful. Like, yeah, without I guess it depends it, on how far you want to take it, though. Without it, you flip. Yeah. Flip. Flipping <laughs> branches is really what you mean. I saw that. So what? The bird is the word. <laughs> the bird. The bird is the word. <laughs> but yeah, just got me thinking about the creativity of looking at a problem differently or whatever. Like, oh, these are, in theory, a lot of these things are just this, almost the same as some other feature or whatever. But by giving them names and stuff, it feels like some things are more complicated than others or whatever. And conceptually, like, they're all... Pretty darn simple. Yeah, it is interesting. Now I'm trying to think of like what other wild things you could do with Flipper. Single controller inheritance. Yeah, you could just set it up so you have one route and then depending on the route that triggers the feature flag to call yeah, a certain yeah. action. Yeah, and decide which <laughs> you just have one file that's a case statement for every route or every partial that you could possibly have a route for. Yeah. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. At that point, are we just living in Sinatra land? Single record, single table, single controller, basically. That's all I need. No types, no files, no problems. No database, no problems. We're going to see each other soon. You guys excited? Less than a month. In a different country. In a different country. I've done yeah, a lot I'm of a, traveling with you too. I'm Jason excited. specifically. Huh. Well, if he's got to book your tickets for you, like yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> my travel agent. <laughs> and, I hope yeah, he's getting I'm, a commission. Well, I mean, in return, I will be there if he falls in the shower. You weren't there last time. I said I would have been if you called me. It, and that's only why you bring if, your phone in the shower. I've told you. <laughs> my bad. That's only if Jason remembers to book a hotel room, too. Oh, like, yeah, that's true. Can't forget that. I mean... Luckily, as a speaker, he conference books the rooms for us, so can't make that mistake this time. <sighs> yeah, no surprise hotel bills the day of. <laughs> That'll be fun. I'm looking I'm forward excited. to it. I've never what been to you? Amsterdam. 
We know that we'll have to keep you out of trouble. You really might have to. (laughs) No, I'm a free bird. I've never been to Europe before, so I'm excited to see what that's like. Yeah. I've been to Germany twice and Sicily once and never to anywhere else in Europe. And I'm looking forward to and another place to the list. But I really want to just like go over and then be there for a month and then just like take the train to different countries and stuff. Yeah. I think that'd be a blast. Or the real trick is if you buy an order, a custom Porsche, like you order a 911, you can actually go pick it up at the factory in Germany or wherever it is. And then they'll let you drive it around Europe for as long as you want. And then you bring it back and they'll put it on the boat and then ship it to the US and then you get it finally. But you can like for free-ish or whatever. Still, <laughs> Are you explaining your tax evasion plan to us? Paying a couple hundred grand to buy this car, but at least you don't have to ship your car to Europe or like rent one. Yeah. But maybe you can get, get the keys from DHH on one of his sweet, I was sweet say, rides. Is the, is the Autobahn anywhere near Amsterdam? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's an inner Ricky It's drivable, right? We can get there eventually. I want to go fast. Yeah. We should we'll have go a, to the Nurburgring. We should do a, a group activity where we go bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in. You guys can't. <laughs> I've already done skydiving, and that is the last time I will do that. Mostly because when we got my aunt skydiving tickets for her 50th and she went skydiving and as kids, we were like allowed to in the plane as he drove it down to get gas and come back. And I was like, there's an awful lot of duct tape inside this airplane. And the dude crashed the airplane and died like a week after my aunt went. And I was like, oh, yeah, nah, that's pretty much no go for me. I actually did skydiving when I was in Germany. So I thought you did. If I, if I was going to die from skydiving, it was a long way away from family. And I'm sure that would have been hell for them. To like, I'm sure that would have been a nightmare financially. <laughs> like, hello, American Airlines. Could you pick up a body for me? <laughs> Y'all have permission to cremate me if something occurs over there. Didn't need permission. Done. I'll get it set, <laughs> okay. scheduled right now. It actually says in my will that Jason has to carry me in his lap. I die in another country and he has to transport my body back. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. uh, the glasses and nose to make it look like you're still awake. Real still weekend on. at Bernie's. I was going to say, let's have a weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, bye. Okay. Oh. Bye. Jeez.